Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. Hello, everyone. My name is Clint Schwartz. I'm the lead pastor here at Lighthouse. Thanks for being here today. Thanksgiving's coming, isn't it? Rose and I were talking the other day and we're like, what? That's next week? Didn't, didn't it kind of spring on us? It just came earlier this year, right? I mean, I think that's it. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm looking forward to turkey, mashed potatoes, and the lions. I mean, that's kind of Thanksgiving for me. <laughs> Any Lions fans in here? <laughs> yeah, I, I, there's one. There's just one up here. <laughs> hey, they didn't lose last week. So, all right. It was a tie. It was bad. It was bad. Anyway, so I just want to invite you all to come next Sunday, um, Thanksgiving Sunday. We are having a special time of worship and thanksgiving to God and uh, also giving testimonies, um, just declaring his goodness in our lives. So if you don't have family obligations, try to make it next Sunday. Don't check out. It's going to be a really great weekend and really hope you come. And then the following Sunday, we are launching our new um, Christmas series is called, Who is this Jesus? You know, it's that question, like, we, we talk about baby Jesus, right? And we celebrate his birth, but who, who really is this Jesus? And so we're going to spend four weeks talking about the characteristics of Christ. And uh, this is probably the most excited I've been for a Christmas series uh, in, in my ministry years. So I'm excited. I hope you guys Plan on coming and not just coming by yourself. Bring a friend. Remember to take five to invite five. Uh, we still have those invite cards out there. I've had individuals telling me uh, stories about inviting people to church. So I would encourage you to do that, especially for this upcoming series. There are a lot of questions about who Jesus is, and we're going to spend four weeks talking about him. So invite your friends. To introduce today's message, I want to share a little bit about our trip to Guatemala uh, back in 2020, in March of 2020, we had this team that went to Guatemala and we spent a week doing missions work. And it was a fantastic time. It's probably, and I, and I don't say this about every trip. I think it was my favorite trip I've ever been on. Um, we had such, I know some people have gone with me before are like, really? That was your favorite. Um, we were able to accomplish so much. The team got along so well. Uh, God's presence was there. I, I really feel like it was a special blessing to all of us uh, for going on this trip, not knowing what we were coming back to. Uh, while we were in Guatemala, COVID kind of broke out here in the United States, at least the, the lockdowns for it and the concern for it. And uh, we ended up getting on a plane on Monday morning and, and uh, in Guatemala, COVID cases had just begun to hit while we were there. In fact, they shut down the airport on Monday night. So in Guatemala, we wouldn't have been able to fly out if our flight would have been on Tuesday. So we, we flew out on Monday. We came back to Chicago and, uh, and the country had changed. I mean, just landing in Chicago, you could feel a difference. There was a heaviness that wasn't there when we left a week earlier. We could sense uh, fear. Um, you could just feel it. You could just like feel like a blanket had fallen over 
the country. You could sense anxiety. Um, and then the, the overwhelming sense that, that I had that, that day that we landed, but also in the weeks and months to come, was hopelessness. Hopelessness. People were concerned about their future, not knowing what was going to come around the corner. And I would even say that hopelessness during this past 18 months has been worse than the disease. I think it's affected everyone in this world. And because of this hopelessness here in the United States, uh, we have had a record high 96,779 drug overdoses in the 12-month period from March 2020 to March 2021. And the numbers haven't quite come out yet, but they're looking like in the next 12-month period, there was over 100,000 drug overdoses as people tried to medicate their anxiety, their fear, their hopelessness. The number of divorces in 2020 um, was up 34% compared to 2019. 34%. And though the numbers haven't come out yet on students, high school students, uh, everyone is saying that overwhelmingly we'll have more high school dropouts in the, this past 18 months than we've ever had. And it's because of hopelessness. People don't have a plan for the future. They don't see a future. Hopelessness is the hidden pandemic that has impacted our world. The world needs hope. The world needs hope. So what is hope? As a verb, hope is, means to cherish a desire with anticipation, to want something to happen or be true. As, as a noun, it is a desire accompanied by expectation of or belief in fulfillment. And that's what we need. We need, we need hope again. And I believe that the reason so many people lost hope this past year is because they put their hope, their desires in the wrong things. So like money, for example, if we put our hope in money, it will let us down. Scripture speaks to that. First Timothy 6, 17 says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. Others have put their hope in freedom. Right? We have freedom in this country, freedom to travel, to do business, to do what we want to do. And the pandemic restrictions have restricted some of that freedom. People have lost hope. James 4.13 says, Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this city or that city and spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Just the idea of, we just have freedom to do whatever we want. Why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. But isn't that true? We do not know. We do not know what tomorrow is going to bring. Proverbs 27.1 says, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. We had no idea what to expect when we came back from Guatemala. As a side note, my... My occupation changed dramatically on that day. I had no idea that I was going to be a TV preacher, but that's what I became 
in one day was that I needed to start streaming online because we couldn't meet together anymore. We do not know what tomorrow is going to bring. So if our hope is in tomorrow, if our hope is in freedom, if our hope is in money, we're going to be disappointed. We're going to be disappointed. Well, there is something in this life that we can hope for. There is someone in whom we can trust. And we can have hope when everything around us is saying that we can't. We're going to talk about that today. We're finishing up our series, Finding Hope, It's Time to Dream Again. Our key scripture comes from Romans chapter 5, verses 3 and 5. It says, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame. And hope does not put us to shame. The uh, NIV 84 says, and hope does not disappoint us. We can hang on to hope. We can have hope. But it is a process. It is a process. We have suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, if we persevere, will produce character. And then finally, at the end of it all, at the end of that process, we can have Hope. Now, last week we talked about character. The message title was Character Revealed, the Testing of Two Men, the story of David and Uriah. And if you missed that message, I would encourage you to go back online and watch that. Um, but today we're going to be speaking about hope, finishing up the series. And we're going to be studying a very unlikely book in the Bible to talk about hope. Uh, this book, it's the book of Lamentations. And it describes hopelessness uh, over and over and over. Um, You can turn there in your Bibles if you'd like. It's in the prophets section of your Bible in the Old Testament between Jeremiah and Ezekiel. The author is unknown, but most people think that it was the prophet Jeremiah. But this book is a collection of five poems, five chapters, poems of lament or of sorrow. The original title of this book in Hebrew was translated as alas, or how, just that, how could this happen? And it was sorrow over the fall of Jerusalem and the exile of God's chosen people into into Babylon. But right in the middle of these five chapters in chapter three, we'll be starting in verse 19, are verses of hope right in the midst of sorrow. And you know, that's the way it is sometimes. It's right in the midst of sorrow or disappointment or frustration that we can find the hope that we really need. And by the way, that hope only comes from God. It's not based on our circumstances, but that's the kind of hope that God has for us. That's the kind of hope. All right, so I'm going to read verses 19 through 26 of chapter 3. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. 
The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. So today's message is titled, Hope Restored, Moving from Past to Future. And I'm going to give us three ways that we can have hope from the scripture today. Uh, But first, let me pray, and then we'll get started. So God, I thank you that you want us to be a people of hope. Regardless of our circumstances, regardless of our situation, God. And Father, I do thank you that you have called Lighthouse to be a beacon of hope, beacon of light in a lost and dying generation, Father. So I pray that today your words would sink into our souls, that we would reflect the hope of Christ um, to those that are around us, Lord. Speak to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. So you can fill this in on your handout. I have a couple of points for you. First of all, we can all have more hope when we stop dwelling on the past. Stop dwelling on the past. So the author in verses 19 and 20 says, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. The gall is poison. And I well remember them and my soul is downcast within me. So the author is remembering how great Jerusalem was. And then is looking at and remembering how it was destroyed. The destruction of Jerusalem and how the people of Israel were taken captive and taken to Babylon as slaves. He's remembering this. And because of that, his soul is downcast. His soul is downcast. Isn't that what happens to all of us? What we think about, what we contemplate what we dream about, it affects us, right? It affects us emotionally, especially if we start thinking about the negative things that have happened in our lives. When I dwell on a situation, a negative situation, I will actually get physically ill. Anybody like that? You ever been like that? Where you, you just think about it and you can't get it out of your mind. And then before you know it, you got a fever, your stomach, you know, What we think about, what we dwell on can affect us. Now, as a preacher, I say a lot of words from this stage. And as a pastor, I say a lot of words to individuals in counsel. And in all of those thousands of words that I might say, you know, some of those are pretty stupid. I'll just admit it, right? I say some pretty dumb things. And uh, and when I think about those things, I mean, I, I, I know it's a bad thing to say when it's leaving my mouth, but it's too late because it's, it's in the airwaves and it's going to another person. And then I see the impact that it makes to that individual and I can't take them back. But when I think about that, when I dwell on it, it can keep me up at night. And I go, man, I said that. And it can affect me if I dwell on it. I can get physically ill. And then the other thing it can do is it can paralyze me to the point where I I never want to talk to anyone again. (laughs) I never want to preach another word again. But if I stay there, if I keep dwelling on my past mistakes, right, then the devil wins. And the devil wins. He stops me from doing the mission that God's called me to do. So I need to stop dwelling on my past mistakes. And failures, and we need to stop dwelling on our past mistakes and failures. 
Now, I would say it's easier said than done, but here's a few tips that have helped me, that have helped me to kind of get past the mistakes that I've made. First of all, uh, own up to our mistakes. I mean, own up to it. Have you ever said, I can't believe I said that? I can't believe I did that. See, that's a type of denial, right? I mean, I can't believe I said that. Well, you better believe it because you said it, right? It's just the truth. So we need to take ownership of every action that we've done, good or bad, every word that we've said, good or bad, because we've done it. It's just the truth. And if we don't own up to it, we're denying that it happened. And, you know, living in denial is not a good thing. It's not a good thing. This past week, I thought back to some things that I said in the message and, and to others, and I thought, oh, man, I can't believe I said that. And then my message came back to me and said, well, you better believe it because you said it, right? And so I, I sent a few texts and I, and I made a phone call and I just apologized for it. And, and the thing was, the individuals were like, oh, don't even worry about it. That didn't even bother me. But the point was, it, it bothered me. See, I was worried about it. So as I was thinking just over the past week and, and those came to mind, I couldn't stop dwelling on it. So I needed to own up to it, needed to own up to it. So that's the first thing we need to do is, is to put things behind us is we need to own up to our mistakes. And secondly, we need to learn from our mistakes. Some of us, we put our mistakes behind us too quickly <laughs> and we don't learn from our mistakes so when we make a mistake, take time and do some self-examination. Spend time with God and just ask him, Lord, what happened in this situation? Is there something I could have done differently? William Wordsworth, he's an English poet, says it this way. Life is divided into three terms. That which was, which is, and which will be. Our past, present, and future. Let us learn from the past to profit by the present and from the present to live better in the future. I like that quote. Don't fully understand it, but I like it. I like that quote. Uh, Walt Disney says, the past can hurt, but the way I see it, you can either run from it or learn from it. Uh, I just had a sense there's someone in here today that that was for you. You've been running from your past. And God is just saying, it's time to learn from your past. To own up to it. Admit it. And then you can move on from it. But we don't need to run from our past. And then Albert Einstein said, learn from yesterday, live for today, hope for tomorrow. The important thing is not to stop questioning. Keep asking the questions. Keep asking the questions. Lord, why did this happen? What can I learn from it? So it takes some time to learn from our mistakes and then put it behind us. And then number three uh, tip here is accept that only God is perfect. This might be the hardest for some of us in this room because you expect perfection from yourself. I'm one of those people. When I make a mistake, I mean, I beat myself up over it. I'm like, why did I do that? To the point of like taking a wrong turn, I can beat myself up over. I'm like, oh, I should have known. I should have known to go this way. But yeah, only God is perfect, right? Can I get an amen on that? Amen. Okay, we are not perfect. 
Our goal is to be perfect, but we're never going to be perfect. Only Jesus was perfect. So here's your fill-in. Dwelling on our past mistakes will rob us of our future hope. We're not perfect. We're going to make mistakes. If we dwell on them, they will hold us from our future hope. So we can all have more hope when we stop dwelling on the past. Stop dwelling on the past. Point number two is we can all have more hope when we start dwelling on the past. Start dwelling on the past. Now, what do I mean by that? What do I mean by that? Let me read the scripture. So first of all, the author says, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them and my soul is downcast within me. So he is thinking about the negative situations in the past. But then he goes on and says this, yet this I call to mind. So he decides to dwell on something different and therefore I have hope. So what is he hoping? I mean, what does he bring into mind that brings him hope? Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The author is choosing to call to mind the times that God was compassionate and faithful and good to the children of Israel. See, the children of Israel were sinning. That's why they were taken captive. That's why Jerusalem had fallen. But the author is saying, I'm going to look back at the good things because God had compassion for the children of Israel in the past. There were times that they were disciplined, many times in fact, but when they repented, God delivered them again and again and again and again. If you read through the books, uh, uh, book of Judges, you'll, you'll just see that where God delivered them again and again and again. So the author is looking back at the goodness of God and what he has done in the past. And because of that, he has hope. He remembers that God is faithful, that he is loving. Now, when we look to our past, we tend to remember the negative more than the positive. It's kind of a a natural thing. They actually did a study on this. Uh, This is a Washington Post article titled, Why We Often Remember the Bad Better Than the Good. Many studies suggest that we are more likely to remember negative experiences over positive experiences. And according to Laura Karstensen, a psychology professor at Stanford University, in general, we tend to notice the negative more than the positive. And one of the reasons, they don't really know why, they just know that this this is basically true in our lives. They think it might be a survival instinct because if we remember like being attacked by a lion over here by this tree that we won't go by that tree. Um, so they, you, you need to remember the negatives so that you can survive. That's what they're thinking. But you know, the way it plays out is like in my marriage is I remember every negative thing my wife does. And the two positive things that she's done in the last year, I kind of remember, you know, But that's not true. She does so many more positive things than negative. But what comes to mind are the negative. And we tend to forget all of those positive things. But that happens in our Christian walk as well. And then we look back at times we were sad or depressed or lonely or financially broke. And we, we tend to forget the times that God brought us through those again and again. And again, and so we need to remember 
the past. We need to dwell on the past, the good things, not the negative, the positive things, especially the times that God has delivered us. One of the things that I do, one of the practices I have is to journal um, prayer requests or times when I'm really anxious or frustrated or I need God to move. And then I will end up journaling what God says on the back end of that. And this past week, uh, I went back and read some of my journals and and I noticed I, I was reading through one section of my journals. I was reading through the, the season when I was working at Memorial Hospital as a director in the IT department. And God was calling me to quit that job and to take a pay cut and and go work at a church in ministry. And and that was like a four or five month period of time. And, and I was reading all of my anxious thoughts. <laughs> and, I, and I read a time when uh, a lady prophesied over us and, and told us what was going to happen, that it was going to be positive. And, and I wrote it down, but not believing that that was going to happen. But everything that God said to me during that season has come true. And then even since then, the times that our finances were, going, were dwindling and then God came through. A lot of times it was through a really nice tax return. So thank you, Uncle Sam had come through, but used by God many times to financially take care of us in that season. But it was good for me to read that. Again, here's uh, one of my journals. By the way, this is my polka dot journal. This is my latest one. Um, and, I, and I had a question. At this time, this is on August 8th of 2018. We were in the Concord Mall. Some of you might remember that. This is when we were on Sunday nights in the Concord Mall. And, um, and we were looking for a building. And we just, we couldn't find a building. I had talked to 20 or 30 different opportunities. And they'd all said no to us. And they're trying to move to Sunday mornings. And, uh, and I asked God, I spent some time with God. And I asked God, I said, what about a church space? Question mark. And this is, and my response is, patience is what I hear. Have patience. And what's really interesting in that is that um, this building was in discussion, but they had to go through a lot of committees to be able to make this available. And so it wasn't until, um, I think it was October, that they finally said, okay, this is now available. This was in August. And this was a space that God wanted us to be in. I truly believe that. And it wasn't available. So what would, if, if you knew the future, what would you say to me at that time? What about a space? God said, have patience. Just wait. I'm working on it, right? It'll be fine. Just, it'll all work out. So you know what that tells me today when I go back and read that? In the situations where God is saying, have patience, I'm more likely to go, oh, I have hope for the future. Even though my situation might be despairing, I know that he's come through in the past and he will come through in the future. And I just have to have patience and wait because God, the same God is the same yesterday, today and forever, right? And so the times he's come through for me in the past, he will come through for me in the future too. If we don't forget it, if we don't forget it. So I would encourage you, each of you to have a Jesus journal. And it doesn't have to be pretty with polka dots like this one, but any notepad will do. In fact, we have a bunch of notepads on the back with a label. This is my Jesus journal. You're welcome to take one if you don't have one and just start writing in the prayers, the questions, the situations you're in, but don't forget to write in 
when he delivers you too. Those are exciting because he will do it. He will do it. God works out all things for good for those who are in Christ and he will be faithful. But we need to remember that. We need to dwell on those things. And by the way, some of you have really cool journals, you know, pretty and they say stuff on them. Read them. I've known people who will write in them, but they don't read them. Go back and read what God has done. Go back several years and go, oh, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. All right. Uh, That was, we can all have more hope when we start dwelling on the past. The last point is just really quick. We We can all have more hope when we remember that God is good. We serve a good God. Lamentations, I mean, in the midst of his sorrow and seeing what happened to Jerusalem, the people being killed and taken into slavery, he writes this, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is good. That's our God. The God we serve. You know, he doesn't have to be kind and compassionate. He's the God of all creation, most powerful being in the universe. But he chooses to be good and faithful and compassionate. And his mercies are new every morning. And I don't know about you, but I need his mercies every morning. <laughs> As I remember things that I need to repent of but I don't dwell on it. Don't dwell on it. God is good. He will forgive you. He will deliver you. He will carry you. And we need to think that. Think about that. Remember that. I'm going to invite Will to come up here. He's going to finish us with a song on the goodness of God. But let me read what the King David said in Psalms chapter 42. It says, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. And so for some of us today, your soul is downcast because we're going to go through those times in life. But you know, we can choose to praise God when good things happen. And God appreciates that. I think he does appreciate that. Or we can choose to thank God and praise him when we haven't yet received that promise. And I think that God enjoys that even more because we're not praising him and thanking him for something that we have grasped already. We're thanking him and praising him for something that he's going to give us because he is faithful. The scripture says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. But that's what he has for us. That's what he has for us. When we praise him and we worship him, even when our soul is downcast, even in those times of trial, because he is good, even in the midst of that. Let's all stand. Let me pray. So God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for being a good God. And I thank you for your presence here today. Lord, I pray for those who today are struggling a little bit with their circumstances. God, I pray that you would give them the strength to praise you even in the trial. 
and that you would let them know that you got this. <laughs> you got this. You, you are the God of their past, their present, and their future, and you have their situation in control. So we praise you now, God. you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. Oh, my days, I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, I will sing of the goodness of God. All my life. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. I love your voice Cause you have led me through the fire In the darkest night You are close like no other I've known you as a father I've known you as a friend And I have lived in the goodness of God all my life and all my life you have been faithful all my life you have been so so good with every breath that I am able I will say of the goodness of God. It's your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I'm surrendered now. I give you everything. Cause your goodness is running after, it's running after me again. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I'm surrendered now. I give you everything. Cause your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Cause all my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so so good with every breath that I am able I will sing 
of the goodness of God. I will sing, and I will sing of the goodness of God. I will sing of the goodness of God. testimony um, earlier last week I had a few days that were just really hard and um, and bottom line it was because I was dwelling on the hard stuff I was dwelling on the negative I was dwelling on things <laughs> in the past that were hard and it wasn't until I got to a place of sitting down with the Lord, I journaled, and I wrote down what the Lord is doing. I focused, I shifted my focus on what God is doing and His goodness and His faithfulness, His kindness and His compassion. And it shifted everything. So where is your focus? It's our human tendency to focus on the negative, right? Because that's easy. So what do you need to focus on? Focus on the goodness of God, His faithfulness, His righteousness, His justice, His power, His strength. Focus on who God is and what God is doing. Because it's hard. Life hands us stuff. This week is my first Thanksgiving without my dad. And I'm going to have to focus on who God is this week, right? I'm going to have to be thankful for who God is. And that's going to take energy. <laughs> it's going to take intentionality and discipline on my part to do that this week. Is it okay to still be sad? Yes. But I'm still going to focus on who God is. So I'm guessing there are quite a few people in this room who need to shift their focus. Focusing on who God is and His goodness. So if that is you... You're just ha you're at a point today in this moment in time when you need to look at the good that God is doing. If that is you, would you just raise your hand?
There's more. More of you need to raise your hand. You need to look at the good that God is doing. Even if it's just one area of your life. If there's someone around you with their hand raised, would you just pray for them? I'm going to pray a prayer. I just want you to lay hands on them and just agree in prayer for them. God, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you that you care. You see every detail in our lives. You see every little thing that we don't even recognize. You see it and you understand it and you know it. God, we are thankful that even the times when we haven't seen you, Even the times when we didn't know you, you were still faithful and you were still good to us. So God, I pray that you, as each person has their hand raised, Lord, that you would just pour out your spirit on them. Reveal who you are to them. God, I pray that you would bring up memories in the past of your faithfulness and your goodness. That you would remind them of who you are. God, I pray that they, you would give them flashbacks of moments in time when you showed up. God, I pray that you would reveal to them that you are undeniably good. <laughs> there is no one like you. And there never will be anyone like you. The God who can take care of their situations. The God who can carry them through, not around, but through their situations. And you will walk through it with them. God, we thank you for who you are. That you are still good. Thank you for loving on us, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I can't say thank you enough. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. That you are strong, true, just, faithful, good, compassionate, kind. All those things. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for being here with us. God, I pray that you would bless each person as they go out this week, Lord, that you they would be able, when something happens that reminds them of something negative in the past, Lord, would they, they would, you would give them the supernatural ability to shift their focus on you. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for coming out, guys. If you have a special prayer request that you want somebody to pray with you, we have a prayer team that is available to you for prayer. Have a good week.
Well, that's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofvineyard.church. Thank you for being part of our family, and we will see you next time.